Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Father God, for giving us the strength to be consistent with our Shabbat reading. We humble ourselves before you as we accept your blessings. Thank you. Amen. Today is Parashah 49. You'll find that on page 220 of the Complete Jewish Bible. Deuteronomy 21.10 When you go out to war against your enemies, and Adonai your God hands them over to you, and you take prisoners, and you see among the prisoners a woman who looks good to you, and you feel attracted to her and want her as your wife, you are to bring her home to your house, where she will shave her head, cut her fingernails, and remove her prison clothing. She will stay there in your house, mourning her father and mother for a full month, after which you may go in to have sexual relations with her and be her husband, and she will be your wife. In the event that you lose interest in her, you ought to let her go wherever she wishes, but you may not sell her for money or treat her like a slave, because you humiliated her. If a man has two wives, the one loved and the other unloved, and both the loved and the unloved wives have borne him children, then if the firstborn son is a child of the unloved wife, then when it comes time for him to pass his inheritance on to his sons, he may not give the inheritance due the firstborn to the son of the loved wife in place of the son of the unloved wife who is in fact the firstborn. No, he must acknowledge as firstborn the son of the unloved wife by giving him a double portion of everything he owns. For he is the first fruits of his manhood and the right of the firstborn is his. If a man has a stubborn, rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother, what his mother says, and even after they discipline him, he still refuses to pay attention to them. Then his father and mother are to take hold of him and bring him out to the leaders of his town at the gate of that place and say to the leaders of this town, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He doesn't pay attention to us, lives wildly, gets drunk. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. In this way you will put an end to such wickedness among you, and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. If someone has committed a capital crime and is put to death and hung on a tree, his body is not to remain all night on the tree, but you must bury him the same day, because a person who has been hanged has been cursed by God, so that you will not defile your land, which Adonai your God is giving you to inherit. You are not to watch your brother's ox or sheep straying and behave as if you haven't seen it. You must bring it back to your brother. If your brother is not close by, or you don't know who the owner is, you are to bring it home to your house, and it will remain with you until your brother asks for it. Then you are to give it back to him. You are to do the same with his donkey, his coat, 
or anything else you, <coughs> of your brother's that he loses. If you find something he lost, you must not ignore it. If you see your brother's donkey or ox collapsed on the road, you may not behave as if you hadn't seen it. You must help him get up on his feet again. A woman is not to wear men's clothing, and a man is not to put on women's clothing. For whoever does these things is detestable to Adonai your God. If, as you are walking along, you happen to see a bird's nest in a tree or on the ground with chicks or eggs, and the mother bird is sitting on the chicks or the eggs, you may not take the mother with the chicks. You must let the mother go. But you may take the chicks for yourself so that things will go well with you and you will prolong your life. When you build a new house, you must build a low wall around your roof. Otherwise, someone may fall from it and you will be responsible for his death. You are not to sow two kinds of seeds between your rows of vines. If you do both the two harvested crops and the yield from the vines must be forfeited. You are not to plow with an ox and a donkey together. You are not to wear clothing woven with two kinds of thread, wool and linen together. You are to make for yourself twisted cords on the four corners of the garment you wrap around yourself. If a man marries a woman, has sexual relations with her, and then having come to dislike her, bring false charges against her, and defames her character by saying, I married this woman, but when I had intercourse with her, I did not find evidence that she was a virgin. Then the girl's father and mother are to take the evidence of the girl's virginity to the leaders of the town at the gate. The girl's father will say to the leaders, I let my daughter marry this man, but he hates her. So he has brought false charges and he didn't find evidence of her virginity. Yet there is evidence of my daughter's virginity and they will lay the cloth before the town leaders. The leaders of the town are to take the man, punish him, and fine him two and a half pounds of silver shekels, which they will give to the girl's father because he has publicly defamed a virgin of Israel. She is to remain his wife, and he is forbidden from divorcing her as long as he lives. But if the charge is substantiated, the evidence for the girl's virginity could not be found. Then they are to lead the girl to the door of her father's house, and the men of her own town will stone her to death, because she has committed in Israel the disgraceful act of being a prostitute while still in her father's house. In this way, you will put an end to such wickedness among you. If a man is found sleeping with a woman who has a husband, both of them must die. The man who went to bed with the woman and the woman too. In this way, you will expel such wickedness from Israel. If a girl who is a virgin is engaged to a man, and another man comes upon her in the town and has sexual relations with her, you are to bring them both out to the gate of the city and stone them to death. 
the girl because she didn't cry out for help there in the city, and the man because he has humiliated his neighbor's wife. In this way, you will put an end to such wickedness among them. But if the man comes up on the engaged girl out in the countryside and the man grabs her and has sexual relations with her, then only the man who had intercourse with her is to die. You will do nothing to the girl because she has done nothing deserving of death. The situation is like the case of the man who attacks his neighbor and kills him. For he found her in the countryside, and the engaged girl cried out, but there was no one to save her. If a man comes upon a girl who is a virgin, but who is not engaged, and he grabs her and has sexual relations with her, and they are caught in the act, then the man who had intercourse with her must give to the girl's father one and a quarter pounds of silver shekels, and she will become his wife because he humiliated her. He may not divorce her as long as he lives. A man is not to take his father's wife, thus violating his father's rights. A man with crushed or damaged private parts may not enter the assembly of Adonai. Like a mamzer, which means like a bastard, may not enter the assembly of Adonai nor may his descendants down to the tenth generation enter the assembly of Adonai. No Ammoni or Moabite may enter the assembly of Adonai, nor may any of his descendants down to the tenth generation ever enter the assembly of Adonai, because they did not supply you with food and water when you were on the road after leaving Egypt, and because they hired Bilaam, the son of Beor from Pitor in Aram Nahariam <clears throat> to put a curse on you. But Adonai your God would not listen to Bilaam. Rather, Adonai your God turned the curse into a blessing for you, because Adonai your God loved you. So you are never to seek their peace or well-being as long as you live. But you are not to detest them and Edomi, because he is your brother, and you are not to detest an Egyptian because you lived as a foreigner in his land. The third generation of children born to them may enter the assembly of Adonai. When you are in camp at war with your enemies, you are to guard yourself against anything bad. If there is a man among you who is unclean because of a nocturnal emission, he is to go outside the camp. He is not to enter the camp. When evening arrives, he is to bathe himself in water, and after sunset he may enter the camp. Also, you are to have an area outside the camp to use as a latrine. You must include a trowel with your equipment, and when you relieve yourself, you are to dig a hole first and afterwards cover your excrement. For Adonai your God moves about in your camp, to rescue you and to hand you over, your enemies over to you. Therefore, your camp must be a holy place. Adonai should not see anything indecent among you, or he will turn away from you. If a slave has escaped from his master 
I'm taking refuge with you. You are not to hand him back to his master. Allow him to stay with you in whichever place suits him best among your settlements. Do not mistreat him. No woman of Israel is to engage in ritual prostitution, and no man of Israel is to engage in ritual homosexual prostitution. Nothing earned through heterosexual or homosexual prostitution is to be brought into the house of Adonai your God in fulfillment of any vow. For both of these are abhorrent to Adonai your God. You are not to lend that interest to your brother. No matter whether the loan is of money, food, or anything else that can earn interest. To an outsider, you may lend that interest. But to your brother, you're not to lend that interest. So that Adonai, your God, will prosper you in everything you set out to do. In the land you are entering in order to take possession of it. When you make a vow to Adonai, your God, you are not to delay in fulfilling it. For Adonai, your God, will certainly demand it of you, and your failure to do so will be your sin. If you choose not to make a vow at all, that will not be a sin for you. But if a vow passes your lips, you must take care to perform it according to what you're voluntarily vowed to Adonai, your God. What you promised in words spoken out loud. When you enter your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat enough grapes to satisfy your appetite, but you're not to put any in your basket. When you enter your neighbor's field of growing grain, you may pluck ears with your hand, but you're not to put a sickle to your neighbor's grain. Suppose a man marries a woman and consummates the marriage, but later finds her displeasing because he has found her offensive in some respect. He writes her a divorce document, gives it to her and sends her away from his house. She leaves his house, goes and becomes another man's wife, but the second husband dislikes her and writes her a get, gives it to her and sends her away from his house, or the second husband whom she married dies. In such a case, her first husband, who sent her away, may not take her again as his wife because she now she is now defiled. It would be detestable to Adonai, and you are not to bring about sin in the land your in the land Adonai your God is giving you as your inheritance. If a man has recently married his wife, he's not to be subject to military service. He is to be free of external obligations and left at home for one year to make his new wife happy. No one may take a mill or even an upper millstone as collateral for a loan because that would be taking as collateral the debtor's very means of subsistence. If a man kidnaps any of his brothers, fellow members of the community of Israel, and makes him his slave or sells him, that kidnapper must die. In this way you will put an end to such wickedness among you. When there is an outbreak of leprosy, be careful to observe and do just what the Kohen 
who are the Levitish. Take care to do as I ordered them. Remember that Adonai your God. Remember what Adonai your God did to Miriam on the road after you left Egypt. When you make any kind of loan to your neighbor, you're not to enter his house to take his collateral. You must stand outside, and the borrower will bring the collateral outside to you. If he is poor, you're not to go to bed with what he gave as collateral in your possession. Rather, you must restore the pledged item at sunset. Then he will go to sleep wearing his garment and bless you. This will be an upright deed of yours before Adonai your God. You are not to exploit a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether one of your brothers or a foreigner living in your land in your town. You are not to pay him his wages the day he earns. You are to pay him his wages the day he earns them before sunset, for he is poor and looks forward to being paid. Otherwise, he will cry out against you to Adonai, and it will be your sin. Fathers are not to be executed for the children, nor are the children to be executed for the fathers. Every person will be executed for his own sin. You are not to deprive the foreigner or the orphan of the justice which is his due. And you are not to take a widow's clothing as collateral for a loan. Rather, remember that you were a slave in Egypt, and Adonai your God redeemed you from there. That is why I am ordering you to do this. When harvesting the grain in your field, if you forgot a sheaf of grain there, you are not to go back and get it. It will remain there for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow, so that Adonai your God will bless you in all the work you do. When you beat your olive tree, you're not to go back over the branches again. The olives that are left will be for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow. When you gather the grapes from your vineyard, you are not to return and pick grapes a second time. What is left will be for the foreigner, the orphan, and the widow. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt. That is why I'm ordering you to do this. If people have a dispute, seek its resolution in court, and the judges render a decision in favor of the righteous one and condemning the wicked one, then if the wicked one deserves to be flogged, the judge is to have him lie down and be flogged in his presence. The number of strokes is to be proportionate to his offense, but the maximum number is 40. He's not to exceed this. If he goes over this limit and beats him more than this, your brother will be humiliated before your eyes. You are not to muzzle an ox when he's treading out the grain. If brothers live together, and one of them dies childless, his widow is not to marry someone unrelated to him. Her husband's brother is to go to her and perform the duty of the brother-in-law by marrying her. 
the first child she bears will succeed to the name of his dead brother so that his name will not be eliminated from Israel. If the man does not wish to marry his brother's widow, then his brother's widow is to go up to the gate to the leaders and say, my brother-in-law refuses to raise up for his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of a husband's brother for me. And the leaders of his town are to summon him and speak to him. If on appearing before them, he continues to say, I don't want to marry her, then his brother's widow is to approach him in the presence of the leaders pull his sandal off his foot, spit in his face and say, this is what is done to the man who refuses to build up his brother's family. From that time on, his family is to be known in Israel as the family of the man who had his sandal pulled off. If men are fighting with each other and the wife of one comes up to help her husband get away from the man attacking him, by grabbing the attacker's private parts with her hand. You are to cut off her hand. Show no pity. If, no, excuse me, you are not to have your pack, you are not to have your pack. In your pack. You are not to have in your pack two sets of waves, one heavy and the other light. You are not to have in your house two sets of measures, one big, and the other small. You're not to have a correct and a fair weight. You are to have a correct and fair weight, and you are to have a correct and fair measure, so that you will prolong your days in the land Adonai your God is giving you. For all who do such things, all who deal dishonestly, are detestable to Adonai your God. Remember what the Amalek did to you on the road as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you by the road. Attacked those in the rear. Those who were exhausted and straggling behind when you were tired and weary. He did not fear God. Therefore, when Adonai your God has given you rest from all your surrounding enemies, in the land Adonai your God has given you as your inheritance to possess, you are to blot out all memory memory of the Amalek from under heaven. Don't forget. And then we have Isaiah 52.13-54.10. And you find that on page 521. 52.13. See how my servant will succeed. He will be raised up, exalted, highly honored. Just as many were appalled at him because he was so disfigured that he didn't even seem human and simply no longer looked like a man. So now he will startle many nations. Because of him, kings will be speechless. For they will see what they had not been told. They will ponder things they had never heard. Who believes our report? To whom is the arm of Adonai revealed? 
For before him he grew up like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He was not well-formed or especially handsome. We saw him, but his appearance did not attract us. People despised and avoided him, a man of pains, well acquainted with illness. Like someone from whom people turned their faces, he was despised. We did not value him. In fact, it was our diseases he bore, our pains from which he suffered, yet we regarded him as punished, stricken and afflicted by God. But he was wounded because of our crimes, crushed because of our sins. The disciplining that makes us whole fell on him, and by his bruises we are healed. We all, like sheep, went astray. We turned each one to his own way. Yet Adonai laid on him the guilt of all of us. Though mistreated, he was submissive. He did not open his mouth like a lamb led to be slaughtered, like a sheep silent before its shears. He did not open his mouth. After a forcible arrest and sentencing, he was taken away, and none of his generation pro protested. This being cut off, his being cut off from the land of the living for the crimes of my people, who deserved the punishment themselves. He was given a grave among the wicked. In his death, he was with a rich man. Although he had done no violence and had said nothing deceptive, yet it pleased Adonai to crush him with illness, to see if he would present himself as a guilt offering. If he does, he will see his offspring, and he will prolong his days, and at his hand Adonai's desire will be accomplished. And then we have Matthew 19, 1 through 12. You'll find that on page 1247. Matthew 19:1. When Yeshua had finished talking about these things, he left the Galilee and traveled down the east side of the Jordan River until he passed the border of Judah. Great crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him by asking, is it permitted for a man to divorce his wife on any ground, whatever? He replied, Haven't you read that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and that he said, For this reason, a man should leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two are to become one flesh. Thus they are no longer two, but one. So then no one should split apart what God has joined together. They said to him, Then why did Moses give the commandment that a man should hand his wife a get and divorce her? He answered, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives because your hearts are so hardened. But this is not how it was at the beginning. 
Now, what I say to you is that whoever divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, and marries another woman, he commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If that's how things are between husband and wife, it would be better not to marry. He said to them, Not everyone grasps this teaching, only those for whom it is meant. For there are different reasons why men do not marry. Some because they were born without the desire, some because they have been castrated, and some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can grasp this, let him do so. And then we have 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 40. 1 Corinthians 7, page 1428. Correct. 1 Corinthians 7, 1. Now to deal with the questions you wrote about. Is it good for a man to keep away from women? Well, because of the danger of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give his wife what she's entitled to in the marriage relationship and the wife should do the same for her husband. The wife is not in charge of her own body, but her husband is. Likewise, the husband is not in charge of his own body, but his wife is. Do not deprive each other, except for a limited time by mutual agreement. And then only so as to have extra time for prayer but afterward come together again. Otherwise, because of your lack of self-control, you may succumb to the adversary's temptation. I'm giving you this as a suggestion, not a command. Actually, I wish everyone were like me, but each has his own gift from God, one this and one that. Now to the single people and the widows, I say that it is fine if they remain unmarried like me. But if they can't exercise self-control, they should get married. Because it's better to get married than to keep burning with sexual desire. To those who are married, I have a command. And it is not from me, but from the Lord. A woman is not to separate herself from her husband. But if she does separate herself, she's to remain single or be reconciled with her husband. Also, a husband is not to leave his wife. To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is satisfied to go on living with him, he should not leave her. Also, if any woman has an unbelieving husband, who is satisfied to go on living with her, she is not to leave him. For the unbelieving husband has been set aside for God by the wife, and the unbelieving wife has been set aside for God by the brother. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are set aside for God. 
But if the unbelieving spouse separates himself, let him be separated. In circumstances like these, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to a life of peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Only let each person live the life the Lord has assigned him and live it in the condition he was in when God called him. This is the rule I lay down in all the congregations. Was someone already circumcised when he was called? Then he should not try to remove the marks of his circumcision. Was someone uncircumcised when he was called? He shouldn't undergo Britmala. Being circumcised means nothing, and being uncircumcised means nothing. What does mean something is keeping God's commandments. Each person should remain in the condition he was in when he was called. Were you a slave when you were called? Well, don't let it bother you. Although if you can gain your freedom, take advantage of the opportunity. For a person who was a slave when he was called is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, someone who was a free man when he was called is a slave of the Messiah. You were bought at a price. So do not become slaves of other human beings. Brothers, let each one remain with God in the condition in which he was called. Now, the question about the unmarried. I do not have a command from the Lord, but I offer an opinion as one who by the Lord's mercy is worthy to be trusted. I suppose that in a time of stress like the present, it is good for a person to stay as he is. That means that if a man has a wife, he should not seek to be free of her. And if he is unmarried, he should not look for a wife. But if you marry, you do not sin. And if a girl marries, she does not sin. It is just that those who get married will have the normal problems of married life. And I would rather spare you what I what I am saying, brothers, is that there is not much time left. From now on, a man with a wife should live as he had one. And those who are sad should live as if they weren't. Those who are happy as if they weren't. And those who deal in worldly affairs as if not engrossed in them. Because the present scheme of things in this world won't last much longer. What I want is for you to be free of concern. An unmarried man concerns himself with the Lord's affairs, with how to please the Lord. But the married man concerns himself with the world's affairs, with how to please his wife. And he finds himself split. Likewise, the woman who is no longer married or the girl 
who has never been married concerns herself with the Lord's affairs, with how to be holy, both physically and spiritually. But the married woman concerns herself with the world's affairs, with how to please her husband. I'm telling you this for your own benefit, not to put restrictions on you. I'm simply concerned that you live a pro in a proper manner and serve the Lord with undivided devotion. Now, if a man thinks he's behaving dishonorably by treating his fiancée this way, and if there is strong sexual desire, so that marriage is what ought to happen, then let him do what he wants. He is not sinning. Let them get married. But if a man has firmly made up his mind, being under no compulsion, but having complete control over his will, if he has decided within himself to keep his fiancée a virgin, he will be doing well. So the man who marries his fiancée will do well, and the man who doesn't marry will do better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if the husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, provided he is a believer in the Lord. However, in my opinion, she will be happier if she remains unmarried. And in saying this, I think I have God's spirit. Thank you, Father God, for a great parashah this morning. It certainly opens our eyes as to God's wishes, and we know that he doesn't change. He's the same today as he was yesterday as he will be tomorrow. Father God, we pray that you will be with us this upcoming week and uh, guide us and help us to lean on you more. We certainly are in troubled times now, and we need your direction more than ever. In the name of uh, Yeshua, the Messiah, we humble ourselves. Amen. Amen.